Wake up, put your shoes on, take a breath of the northern air, and rub those eyes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk North. And this is Jeff Diamond on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Jim Suhan, my usual cohort, is out this week. Brandon Morton is our producer. Hello, Brandon. And we're going to talk today about Vikings training camp. Lots of stories out of Vikings camp going on this week as they're in the second week of camp. Things are ramping up. The Daniil Hunter contract is resolved for one year. And we'll talk about stories around the NFL, including Aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut. How amazing is that (laughs) for one of the most self-centered players in the league? But let's start out with Daniil Hunter and signs his one-year contract. Essentially, he was supposed to make $5.5 million this year. Basically, I think they just tore that one up and did a new one-year deal for $17 million plus $3 million in available incentives. So Daniil can make $20 million, puts him in the top 10 among pass rushes around the NFL. And my, my first reaction was that it, it kind of reminded me back in my years as Titans president in the early 2000s, my, my four-year contract was in close to expiring and I signed a one-year extension and I was at a, a high school basketball game that night where my daughter was playing and my good friend who was our Titans offensive coordinator, Mike Heimerdinger, saw me and and said with a grin, one is better than none, <laughs> talking about the one-year extension. And I think that's precisely how the Vikings brass GM Quasi Adolfo Menza, Kevin O'Connell, and defensive coordinator Brian Flores should be feeling about getting Daniil Hunter's contract impasse resolved with this one-year deal. And they knew very well that without the three-time Pro Bowler, the Vikings pass rush was going to have a very tough time getting consistent pressure on the quarterback. And certainly from Hunter's standpoint, he, he's saying all the right things, that he wants to be a Viking for life, and that he's happy with, with, the, with the contract. But you know, we all know, that he wanted to get a long-term deal with, with much more guaranteed money in, in the range of where Khalil Mack, Max Crosby, and Bradley Chubb are, which is basically 20, 20, 22 to $24 million per year with big guarantees over $50 million. And those guys rank below the top paid rushers, which are T.J. Watt, Joey Bosa, and Miles Garrett, who are, are at 25 to $28 million. Nick Bosa is holding out in San Francisco for an extension that's going to take him almost certainly over $30 million a year. And so Hunter did get a no-franchise tag clause in this contract as part of the deal, which is good for him. Uh, he does turn 29 years old in October, but he's a guy that's been very productive other than the two injury seasons. And I think that what the Vikings want to see is how he performs in Brian Flores' new scheme this year, which should be more aggressive, should be more palatable to Hunter 
than the kind of softer scheme of Ed Donatel last year. And Hunter will be in his second year as a, as a 3-4 outside linebacker edge rusher. So I think it's a, it's a good situation for both parties, but definitely a big win for the Vikings to get him in on a one-year deal. They don't have the long-term commitment with a bunch of dead money. They can see how he fits in Florida's scheme. They can decide and, and see if he's a, a double-digit sack guy again or if he gets back to 14-and-a-half sacks where he was back in 2018. And if he's that productive, then they can step up and give him a long-term deal. He did play every game last year, stayed healthy. So now you look at the Vikings situation, obviously looks much better with Daniil Hunter in the lineup, and he can pair with the free agent signing Marcus Davenport, who's a former first-round pick of the Saints, had nine sacks in 2021, but he dipped last year with, as he battled a, an injury that cost him a, a couple of games and limited him to nine starts. So uh, Davenport's playing on a one-year deal also and hopes to have a great season to set up a long-term deal. The Vikings also have D.J. Wanham, had eight sacks in 2021, four last year. He's a potential free agent next March. Patrick Jones had four sacks in 2022, second year last year. So there's a lot of uncertainty down the road at edge rusher and outside linebacker, but for 2023, I think they're in okay shape at that position. And, and could be in great shape if, if Davenport comes on like he did two years ago. And if Hunter has a great year, Wanham steps up a, a, as a potential free agent. So there could be some good things happening. I think perhaps maybe a, almost a, a bigger concern is that interior defensive line. Where are they going to get the pressure? And I think one thing, people talk about Dalvin Tomlinson, who left for Cleveland in free agency. I thought he got paid way too much uh, at like 15 million a year but he was a good player for the Vikings not a great player had whatever two and a half sacks last year so Kairos Tonga will will be given a chance at that starting nose tackle Jaquelin Roy is an interesting guy uh, later round pick this year very quick and and he may be able to to play end or nose in the defense The Vikings also signed Dean Lowry, who was a good player in Green Bay for many years, had five sacks two years ago, dropped down to only a half a sack last year. The Packers let him walk, and the the Vikings signed him. But he's a pretty good player. He's just getting up in age a little bit. Harrison Phillips, not a big pass rush guy, pretty good against the run. So just that interior defensive line, just not sure if they're going to get enough pressure, pass rush pressure. And we know – how valuable that is. We saw it in the playoff game when Dexter Lawrence really wrecks the Vikings offense, especially on the last play of the game for the Vikings when Cousins had to check down to Hawkinson. It was just kind of a situation. Dexter Lawrence was a, was a beast that day, very tough to handle for Garrett Bradbury and Ezra Cleveland and Ed Ingram in that, on that day. And of course, Dexter Lawrence is an all pro making $20 million a year at the Giants. But but we'll see what happens on the interior offensive line. So, again, the Hunter signing is, is a big win, I think, especially for the Vikings, that they don't have the long-term commitment, that they still 
even though they don't have a franchise tag on Daniil, they can still try to get him re-signed next spring if he has a, has another really solid year. And we'll see how that one plays out. That's going to be really interesting to watch. Other things at camp that I'm watching, a very optimistic feeling at practices among the team and the fans watching and talk about that. But, but first, I want to talk about our great sponsor, longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore and WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, their fantastic website. My longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Gutrell, their great staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC or six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, <clears throat> and you will see 0.9% APR and a $2,500 trade assistance on 2023 Sierra 1500s, 1.9% APR and $1,250 purchase allowance on 2023 Buick Encore GXs, and a 1.9% APR on GMC Acadias, plus no monthly payments for 90 days on many of these great vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. The White Bear Lake Superstore, great sponsor. So back to training camp, and I've been out there several days this week. There's an optimistic feeling among the, the team and the fans watching, team has begun practicing in full pads, so the intensity has increased, as, as it always does when the pads come on. I'm closely watching first-round pick wide receiver Jordan Addison, who looks very quick and smooth in his route running, has showed good hands on contested catches early on. Uh, Kirk Cousins at his media session yesterday talked about Addison and 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 praised his his learning and his hard work in camp uh, as he's kind of developing in the system as a, a replacement potentially for Adam Thielen, now in Carolina. And I think one of the interesting training camp battles, which the training camp battles for positions always are kind of the the most interesting part of training camp, really compared to the preseason games are usually awful, but but I think there still will be position battles to watch at, at uh, in the preseason game, starting with the first game at Seattle a week from uh, Thursday on August 10th. But as I said, watching Jordan Addison, and I think it's also a good sign that he has shown up at training camp, has been in every practice after he had the minor injury that kept him out of OTAs and minicamp. We don't know what that was. I would guess it was probably a hamstring or a calf injury, but he, he looks good out there. And as I said, the competition to, to watch between he and K.J. Osborne for the number two wide receiver spot alongside Je- Justin Jefferson. And, of course, by the way, Jefferson looks great as always and fully participating in camp despite his extension not being completed yet. Uh, but... The competition between Addison and Osborne for for number two, not necessarily that big a deal because the Vikings will play a lot of three-wide receiver offense, probably more than half the time as they did last year in O'Connell's first year running the offense. 
but they do have Josh Oliver. They've signed in free agency as a tight end uh, counterpart to, to TJ Hawkinson. And so it, it appears those two are going to play a lot together, especially in the run game. And Oliver uh, was one of the best blocking tight ends in the league last year. And he's being counted on to be a bigger part of the passing game. So I would expect that we'll see a lot of two tight end offense and a lot of three wide receiver offense. But when the two tight ends are in there, there will only be two wide receivers. And in that case, who's it going to be as the second guy? Will it be Addison or will it be Osborne? So that competition is very interesting to watch. And, and KJ is headed towards a potential free agency next year. So certainly the Vikings would love to see Addison take a big step forward and then make a decision on Osborne's contract. I'm also very focused on the competition at corner, cornerback, which I think, and it's pretty obvious, is the biggest question mark on this team in training camp and going in towards the regular season. Byron Murphy was the free agent signee. And, and they paid him $17.5 million over two years. He's the guy that they're counting on and, and looks very, very good out there, moves very well. But again, he had a, I think it was a back injury last year, missed a bunch of games. So can he stay healthy, be that cornerback number one to replace Patrick Peterson in that role? And I think Murphy certainly will add more speed than Peterson had at this at stage of his career, but, but Peterson had that veteran savvy that we saw show up on many occasions, including in the Buffalo tremendous win last year when he had two interceptions, including the one that that ended the game in the end zone against Josh Allen. So Byron Murphy is a a guy that they're definitely counting on and paid him, who will be the second starting corner, Andrew Booth Jr. I'm just not convinced he can stay healthy. He's already had a, a minor injury in camp this week when they had the pads on we we don't know exactly what that was we'll hear from from kevin o'connell at his media session uh in the in the coming days andrew booth competing with a caleb evans evans is is currently lining up as as a starting corner he's also competing with with joe Juan williams who was uh, a veteran the viking signed from new england Makai Blackman, I like him as a third-round pick, shows athleticism, should be in the mix. And then we'll see where the fourth-round safety slot corner, Jay Ward, fits in the secondary, uh, and he certainly will be a special teams fixture. But when the Vikings do go to a a three-cornerback D, a nickel D, it appears as if... Byron Murphy is moving inside to the slot, which opens up his outside corner spot. And that could again be, if, if Evans is the one starter on the outside, it could be Booth, it could be Joan Williams, it could be Blackman, it could be Ward. We'll see who emerges in that, in, in that other outside corner spot. Probably not Ward, he'll probably be the backup slot corner in that situation. So a lot of intrigue at the cornerback position, definitely. Other positions to watch. I mentioned the interior defensive line. Running back, Alexander Madison is the starter. I'm impressed with Ty Chandler when I watched him. I watched him last year in training camp and preseason games. He looked very good. I think he's got a little more shake to him than 
Kane Wang Wu, who's more of a, a, a straightaway speed guy, apparently. And so I, I would not be surprised if Chandler emerges as the number two back in that running back pecking order. And Dwayne McBride, also an interesting guy, seventh round pick. People thought he should have been picked higher, was very productive in college, and he could play into the mix at running back definitely as, as the Vikings move on from Dalvin Cook. And we'll see if Dalvin signs with the Jets <laughs> coming up in the next few days or so. The other interesting battle, I, I think, could be at backup quarterback. And it was interesting to hear Kirk Cousins talk at his media session this week about Jaron Hall, the fifth-round pick, who has looked good in camp. It looks like he's got a good arm, and he could push Mullins at some point. Cousins praised Hall as a, as a great athlete with a natural feel for the quarterback position and says that Hall's lear- learning the offense well, which is a good sign. Nick Mullins is, is a good number two quarterback. He's got 17 career starts, but Hall perhaps could push Mullins at some point. We'll see. I think that's where the preseason games will will be a big factor for those two guys because they'll be doing all the playing in preseason games. Cousins may get one series. We'll see. But they know what they've got in Kirk Cousins, and he looks very confident in camp. Uh, he's a guy going into his second season in O'Connell's office, offense. It's the first time in Kirk's six-year Viking career, by the way, that he's had the same offensive coordinator, same scheme, same play caller in O'Connell uh, for two consecutive years. That has not happened for Kirk. And, and, and so I think that's a, that's a good sign for him that this offense could even be better this year, even without Dalvin Cook and without Adam Thielen. I think they're, they're going to miss Adam's veteran savvy and, and his certainly his, his big playability on third down. But if, if Addison can come on and, and Osborne continues to, to be a solid player, I think they can be okay at receiver, but they will miss Adam Thielen, trust me. And but I think overall, you talk about with Justin Jefferson and and, and his great ability as a first-team All-Pro, reigning offensive player of the year, I think the Vikings will be just fine. And as I said, in Cousins' second year in O'Connell's system, I think the offense could even elevate above last year, which was the seventh-ranked offense in the league and the sixth-ranked passing game. So I think those are all positives for the organization. So Vikings camp, some some good things coming up in the next week or so. Two practices, evening practices at TCO Stadium that fans can attend. Then the team travels next Wednesday to Seattle and plays the first preseason game at Seattle. Not much intrigue in preseason games other than watching the quarterbacks, watching the cornerback situation. But you're not going to see the the starting players for very much in that game if at all and perhaps you'll see them maybe in in week two of preseason against against Tennessee and of course the the joint practices are coming up that week of August 14th with the Titans coming to town there'll be two days of joint practices that week two days of joint practices the next week when the Cardinals come to town for a preseason game so there'll be plenty of interesting action at the Vikings practice facility in training camp that fans can attend and and looking forward to that. Let's look around the league a little bit. As I said, 
talking about Aaron Rodgers in particular, that's one of the really interesting stories that I found in in observing what's been happening around the NFL. And and there there were a bunch of signings, kind of a flurry of signings in the last week or so. Uh, Justin Herbert got his big extension over $50 million a year. Saquon Barkley signed his one-year deal with the Giants uh, under the franchise tag, but he also got a little extra money and incentives. Andrew Thomas got a big extension in New York. So there, there was some action around the league with some signings. Uh, Cole Komet, the tight end of the Bears, got a $12.5 million a year contract extension, which, which probably ups the ante for, uh, for uh, TJ Hawkinson as the Vikings are in, in negotiations on an extension for TJ. And we'll talk a little bit about the tight end market also. But Aaron Rodgers, really interesting story and, and certainly surprising to see him change from, as I mentioned before, the, the self-centered player he was in Green Bay who demanded and basically received every last dollar from the Packers, especially after they drafted Jordan Love. And now he's a team-focused quarterback, just agreed to take a $35 million pay cut over, over this year and next year with the Jets. And his renegotiated contract it has $75 million guaranteed over 23 and 24, $37.5 million a year, which is significantly below the market now when you talk about guys like Herbert over, at over $52 million, Jalen Hurts over fifty-one. Lamar Jackson around fifty-two million. You know Patrick Mahomes. If he ever wants to be renegotiated from his forty-five million, is going to top all of them. But Rogers taking that pay cut, he definitely helps the, the Jets with a, with low cap numbers. Nine million this year, seventeen million next year. Now down the road, the Jets have tremendous dead money issues on Rogers, but they'll take that in return for a couple of playoff seasons and maybe even becoming a Super Bowl contender. We'll see what happens in New York with the Jets. But I think the restructure works well for, for both parties. Let, let's face it, Aaron Rodgers has made plenty of money in the NFL and can afford to give up some money in his contract. And he knows he can make it up in endorsements, especially if he leads the Jets to the playoffs in a possible Super Bowl. And it's exactly what Tom Brady did for so many years with the Patriots and, and the Bucks. He was making a ton of money off the field. He was married to a supermodel at the time. And, and so Brady would take an undermarket deal. And that's basically what Rodgers has done in this case to help the Jets. And we know that Aaron Rodgers would love to stick it to the Packers on their decision to move on from him and, and to uh, go with, with Jordan Love. Possible offshoot of, of this Rodgers contract reduction it would be the signing of Dalvin Cook. And Brees Hall, their starting running back right now, is still coming off his injury from last year, an ACL injury, I believe. And so I think Dalvin would be a great fit for the Jets. He's also had some conversations with Miami. And certainly the New England Patriots are looking for a, another running back after after they uh, have have had some deficiencies in the running game and then they want to add to their running game. So I think Dalvin could end up at any of those places, but I, I would still bet on the Jets as being his destination and in part because Rogers has freed up this money for for the Jets over the next couple of years to add 
quality players and improve the supporting cast around him. So those are some of the things we're keeping an eye on around the NFL. And, and, uh, and certainly we'll be back next week with, with more on the Vikings training camp situation. Will they make a move to sign guard Dalton Risner, who was in camp this week for a visit? He's a former Denver Broncos starter, solid player in Denver. He could be a possible upgrade over Ed Ingram at right guard, who struggled in pass protection in his rookie year, but they did invest a second-round pick in Ed Ingram. So Risner, he left town without a deal, but we'll see if, if he could be possibly a guy that they want to add for more depth at the guard position. Ezra Cleveland also is a, a potential free agent in 2024. So Risner is a guy to keep an eye on. I still think they could use another pass rusher. Justin Houston is still hanging out there, and they could get a bargain deal on him. So plenty to watch at Vikings camp. These, these uh, practices coming up at, at uh, the evening practices, the joint practices coming up with the Titans and Cardinals, preseason games as we all head, as we head towards, of course, what they're aiming for, which is September 10th, the opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this has been Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, brought to you by the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and check out WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. We'll be back with you next week, and Jim Suhan should be back to join me then. Thanks to Brandon Morton, our producer. Check out all of our great podcasts on the Talk North Network, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us.